All right, folks, here we are with the Skeptics for You podcast again. I'm Rachel, here with Scientist and Arbiter. How's it going, guys? What's up, guys? What's up? What's up? What's up? So this week, we wanted to talk about our top soundtrack picks. That's Isn't right. that right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about, I'd say, a handful, three to five each, I would say. Mm-hmm. And... um yeah, we're just going to go around the table and talk about why why we like them, what's so special about them, and uh, I guess why everyone else should listen to them too. Yeah, it sounds good because one of the things I'm thinking about listening to soundtracks is how influential they are to the films themselves. You know, yeah. What is, it about, what is it about these soundtracks that have stood out above the film even after the movie is over? Yeah. Actually, let's, let's have a little discussion about that first, about... Um, the impact of soundtracks on on movies themselves. All right. So, scientists, what's your opinion on the impact of, of soundtracks on movies? Yeah. Oh, my second music is everywhere, man. We we've, we've learned that since we we're children that that it's everywhere, and for music uh, soundtracks to be a part of the film, I mean, it takes a real genius to pick the right song or, or the right composer to find the right notes to to fill in, you know, an entire movie. You know, whether it's a horror movie, you know, you have that suspenseful, eerie music or, you know, just one of these like just killer like tracks chosen by amazing artists that fill up a, an entire album's worth for a movie. It's just so impact and it's just as important to the film, you know, so much that it does. It is a, what an Oscar category and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Arbiter? Uh, I totally agree. I mean, it can uh, help control the mood of a scene, make it much more impactful especially if there's not if there's no dialogue you know what i mean it can help mm-hmm. fill in yeah the audience uh you know needs to feel to convey that kind of a message it could build tension yeah. it could build uh joy it could be a release of emotion i mean the right song will bring you to tears but it also like make you jump out of your seat with with uh with freaking you know uh energy you know so so it can bring a lot to to a film i mean it it does they do that without the use of a film. So when you combine them, uh, I, you know, it's even more impactful sometimes and memorable. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Like, uh, there are a few, I guess I would say tracks in, in some movies where without the music, I mean, it, it, it really wouldn't have any impact. Honestly, the whole movie, <laughs> I would say without the music, the, the impact wouldn't be as great. I believe, you know, one of the things that comes to mind right away is, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the classic Disney film, uh, Fantasia. Yes. Yeah. That is just purely music. It's just a musical. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Music is pretty important. Yeah. I agree. Totally. For sure. All right. Let's go with our soundtrack picks. Let's start with Arbiter. All right. So how are we doing? Just one one at a time or? Um, however, what do you guys think? I'm cool with that. I like, I like here taking turns. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do one at a time. Cool. Well, uh, you know, at first I started thinking like, man, this is really tough because I think like a soundtrack could be like, you know, maybe a couple of songs. Like rarely do I listen to an entire soundtrack. But as I started looking through, you know, the list of soundtracks that I have and have listened to, a few did start to pop up. So this one may be surprising for some people, especially people always freak out, especially when they know that I'm like huge metalhead. Um, <laughs> one that has a really big impact on me. And I still enjoy to this day is the Grease soundtrack from 1978. 
Greece with okay. John Travolta and and uh, I forget her name. What was her name? Olivia Newton John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that movie. When I was a kid, I saw it, and I mean, there's so much singing and dancing in it, but it's such a fun movie that uh, I loved it. You know what I mean? I got caught up in it. I love that old, the reference to the old, you know, '60s rock and roll. And that vibe, and and I think it's the combination of the visuals, the costumes, you know, the characters, plus the songs are super catchy. Uh, I know it's just it's just a fun soundtrack to listen to, and and uh, I, it's kind of like a guilty pleasure, you know what I mean? For sure. And that's interesting. Honestly, I have to say, uh, I don't think I've ever seen the movie Grease in its entirety. <laughs> I know. Uh, and I have the movie. I just, for some reason, I just never, never saw it. But yeah, that's a pretty great pick. Uh, scientist, what about you? So one of the things I was saying is like, you know, growing up with, with Grease, the soundtrack, I mean, okay, you can admit to us. Were you ever dancing around to it, trying to sing some of these uh, John Travolta parts or even the Living Newton John parts or? I sing them. I never danced them. I've never been a confident dancer, but I'll, I'll tear, I'll, you know, destroy a song with my, with my voice for sure. I'll admit to that. That's nice. That's pretty cool. I like that. You know, it's, it's a very impactful film and you can't help but, but sing along to every, uh, some of these tracks I'm looking at them and yeah, I remember pretty good stuff. Um, but moving on, one of the, one of my topics is actually, okay. The thing about me with soundtracks is, you know, I, I just like you guys, I always have my headphones on. I'm always listening to music. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge person who reads. I'm a huge person who, you know, when it comes to studying or things like that, I always have classical music on. But one of my go-to albums, um, like essential part of my life, is the soundtrack to the trilogy of Lord of the Rings. Oh. Okay. And this is um, composed by Howard Shore. And... Whether it's a biased opinion or not, I think it's one of the greatest compositions ever. I mean, if you're familiar with the film from, you know, you can feel the hobbits, you can hear the elves, you can, um, even when it's writing to about, about Smeagol, the, the Gollum, you know, you're able to associate, he was able to bring these, these, these compositions and associate them with these uh, characters of the film. So hmm. to this day, I mean, I always have them, um, and they're pretty sought after the by Tolkien collectors. So the Lord of the Rings soundtrack, not the Hobbit, the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. <laughs> I like that distinction. <laughs> yeah, there's a huge difference, um, but I I recommend that if you need to relax or anything like that, the movie itself is very, uh, the soundtrack is very very relaxing. Okay, well, I think my I'm trying to decide which and say first. I'll start with. Um, the soundtrack to the movie Daredevil. Mm. The, I love it already. Yeah. The the one that everyone loves to hate on, the one with Ben Affleck in it. But mm-hmm. honestly, that was one of my favorite movies growing up. And I mean, I'll watch it now, and it is kind of cheesy, but I still love the movie. And yeah. I'm not I'm not talking about the like the the orchestra the orchestral stuff. I'm talking about the uh, like the rock and roll songs that are in the background. Right. Um, of course. I mean, this soundtrack uh, I got when I was a kid. When I was a kid, and to mm-hmm. this day, there are a ton of songs on the soundtrack that I still listen to and enjoy. It. Uh, I mean, I would say it had a pretty big impact on how it shaped my, um, 
preferences, I guess, for music growing up. And okay. uh, man, it, yeah, it was it was a big influence on me. Yeah, um, I'm looking at the the soundtrack right now, and I mean, I can tell for obvious reasons why I do love it, and that being that one of my favorite bands of all time is Evanescence. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the, at the track list, and there's there's two um, Evanescence songs on there. Yeah, uh, which are the main ones, you know, you're talking about My Immortal, which mm-hmm. is I believe playing when um, what's her name is killed. Yeah, yeah, and the other Evanescence song on there is Bring Me to Life, which was their 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 hit track right out of the gate to let us know you know who they were yeah for sure that's that's an awesome pick i like it all right so we'll continue with arbiter what else you got all right so yeah uh, i I, I feel like going in in order all right you know what i mean soundtracks like we were saying earlier have such an impact and and some of my most impactful ones are the ones i heard when i was a kid Mm -hmm. right so greece is one of them uh, and another one, which, uh, like, it, it, it might be an obvious pick for a lot of people, but uh, the Star Wars soundtrack, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. one of those that, I mean, you could yeah. pick almost any John Williams score because they're all genius. Yeah. I mean, the dude. Oh, for sure. Song, right? But, um, yeah. The, uh, <clears throat> that one, I mean, it's the, the music is almost just as legendary as the film and the subject matter itself. You know what I mean? You oh, get for sure. It can it can exist completely without it, and, and and I mean, if the movie didn't exist, and it was just an album that that John Williams put out, and as you know, this is something you know, you know, Star Wars, or you know, if he hit it first, and it, without the movie, I don't know how to explain it, but if you heard the music, I mean, it, it would still convey this this idea of this epic story. I mean, you watch that movie now, and then the very you know after you see, you know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, so the way the scientist is. Uh, I guess about, you know, Lord of the Rings, which I'm not that huge into. That's kind of how I feel about Star Wars. You know, I like like those mm-hmm. those are huge movies for me and the music is as well. Uh, so, I mean, when that that before, you know, the, the you know, the Star Wars thing comes on and, and the, the logo hits the screen and it all hits you in the face. Like it's like, uh, you know, a rush. And apparently like that was not in vogue at the time, you know, when he released the first movie. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, uh, orchestral scores were not the thing. It was more like pop songs or rock songs or whatever it was, you know, yeah, hits yeah. to put together for a soundtrack. So to come out with a a huge movie or an attempt at a huge movie and do just an orchestral score was a huge gamble. But, of course, it's paid off and become, you know, like a legendary thing. And, and yeah, I mean, anytime I hear I mean, and, and it's not just the opening theme, you know, like every character has a theme and. All the melodies yeah. are super memorable, and and uh, it's perfect. It's it's, a, it's an amazing yeah. work of art. You know, you met, you mentioned how every character has its own theme, and yeah, it's the same way with uh, with Howard Shore and Lord of the Rings, as I was mentioning earlier. But going back to John Williams, I mean, we can do an we can do an entire podcast, or probably maybe maybe even a week's worth of podcasts on John Williams, and right. to see all the work that he's done. I mean, I'm looking at, you know, the classic Jurassic Park, um, yeah. Home Alone. E.T. Jones. I, yeah. Harry Potter. One of my personal favorites was Schindler's List. Jaws. Yeah. Jaws. I mean, a lot, a lot of these tracks, you, you feel the, 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 the emotions that the movie was given because of the music. I mean, he's one of the greatest of all time. So oh, yeah, you can't think of a shark and not do those two notes. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Those two iconic notes, just two. <laughs> just two notes and you repeat it over and over and speed That's it up. All yeah. it we can speed it up, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's genius. 
Right. Yeah. That's great. Like I, I never thought of that. that. That wasn't popular at the time to have just orchestral music in the beginning. I never thought of that. That's that's interesting. Yeah. All right, scientists, what else you got? All right, so let me see, let me <laughs> see. Okay, so I do have one. I'm just making sure that the track listing is correct. So it's from 2006, and I thought, you know, much like you just mentioned, uh, Arbiter, about John Williams and that famous, the two-note um, composition, I guess, so to speak. Uh, 2006, mm. soundtrack to Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, mm, yes. Interesting. That's I a nice the movie. one. <laughs> I'm sorry? I love the movie. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro is yeah. a genius. Yeah, oh, yes. For sure. And he used a Spanish composer, Javier uh, Navar- Navarrete. Navarrete. I don't know how to say his name. But the entire movie, as you know, those who are familiar with it, is structured around that little melody, that little lullaby. Yeah. That, you know, he was able to compose an entire, you know, score based on that lullaby. And I can, it's, it's beautiful. It's sad. It's everything all at once, you know, and I guess you'd only have to listen to it to understand it. But because of that soundtrack, the movie became one of my favorites because it, it just attached so, so, um, so well that I just fell in love with the movie because of the music. And I do have the soundtrack. Um, I do play it. And I mean, obviously we, we try to watch the movie as often as we can, but I mean, I just can't, I could never get away from that lullaby. That was just, it was just so iconic to us that, you know, it became one of my favorites. Yeah, that's a great choice. That is cool. I cool. actually ended up buying that soundtrack because of you. Uh, oh, yeah? A couple of years later. And yeah, I mean, I was listening to it in the car, just um, going to work. And I'm like, man, this is great. Like, this is just great just to chill with. Yeah, it really is. I think I think I have purchased it about a couple of times because I've lost it one time. Mm-hmm. And I had reordered it again online, and yeah, I just—it's one of those. It needs to be in my in my uh, album in my albums, like my top ten, if anything. Yeah, that's a great choice. Um, let's see. I guess my next pick would be like, um, well, obviously John Williams is a genius, and he's the number one orchestral composer for for anyone really. In your book. (laughs) Yeah, and then. my number two would be Hans Williams. I mean, sorry, Hans Zimmer. Yeah, Hans Zimmer. <laughs> Hans Zimmer. Combine the um, two. Yeah, <laughs> that would be that would be interesting. But anyhow, uh, yeah, Hans Zimmer would be my number two for sure. Mm-hmm. I just feel like he has a way of capturing uh, any any specific scene and, and just turn it. Um, how would I say it? to make it more grand than it really is. I feel like he has, he has a gift for that. Okay. He's great at textural sound. Like yeah. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't sound like anybody else for sure. Mm-hmm. So, but the question remains, favorite soundtrack. Yeah. That for me, I had, I went back and forth quite a few for, with quite a few movies. I'm like, man, this one's great. Now, but this one was better. I, I went with, well, actually, I have two picks, but my first one, my top one, is soundtrack for Inception. Yes. Uh-huh. That one's awesome. Yep. So what what really struck me, what I found really interesting that I didn't notice until I read it somewhere, was every dream sequence that you see in the movie, the sound in the background is based off of one song. 
Yeah, I read that. I know what you're talking about. It's a French song. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because I will butcher it. But it's based off uh, the one that you hear that, that they're listening to as soon as they wake up. Yeah, the one that brings them back. Yeah. yeah, that main song. Every song that is in any dream sequence is based off of that song. It's either slowed down or changed just a little bit to, to fit the, the feel of each scene. But it is the same song just structured differently mm-hmm. and i thought that was really interesting and i'm like oh wow that's so true i went back and saw the movie like three more times but yeah this is one of my favorites it the soundtrack really captures each moment differently and it's how would i say it it really impacted me when when i saw the movie yeah it becomes a part of the storytelling yeah exactly yeah, it's essential one of the one of the things that comes to mind is <coughs> is again i mean i'm assuming wait is it even my turn it's not my turn but just, just go for it <laughs> uh, weighing in you know the impact that john williams has hans zimmer has i mean these guys these guys are like the freaking i don't know i wouldn't even compare them to like steven spielberg these guys stand alone they got they get the opportunity to to score for these amazing movies and how trusted they are to come out with to deliver yes you know you you mentioned inception you think how can they possibly get better and then you think of you know they did he did the dark knight series yeah yeah um some of my personal favorites which again rates you got me into was pirates of the caribbean yeah and i I clearly remember yeah yeah i clearly remember when i finally got a chance to watching i don't know those part two or three of pirates where they finally released the kraken and there's the song that hans created called the kraken yeah and if you're watching the movie, it's playing in the background. But when you actually get a chance to listen to this track by itself, without the movie, good a good set of speakers or headphones, you see the the intensity, the impact that this track has, and it's just it gives me chills all the time because I mean I remember texting you like if I could perform a piece again, you know, playing classical music again, it would be this one, or even conducting it would be a privilege. It would be an honor. That you know, would be it's great. Just, yeah, it's what Hans Zimmer does. And it never fails. There's always something new to discover from him. And I mean, we, we often talk about rock music. We give we how much we love our guitarists, our drummers and everything. But we don't really consider how much of a status these uh, classical music composers have. And it's like these guys are true rock stars. They really are. You know, they're, they're composing for, for dozens of instruments. They're not just writing for a guitar. They hear the entire song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I just wanted to give my two cents on these two guys. I mean, I know there's many more composers we talk about, but I mean, we don't. I don't think we give them enough credit. And you know, I'm glad that we're doing this podcast and we are featuring many composers. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm looking at a list of more Hans Zimmer stuff. Uh, like Gladiator. I love that movie. That music is perfect. Uh, you know, he did. You know, uh, Days of Thunder. He did Megamind. Probably not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Backdraft. Man, he's done a lot of really cool stuff. <clears throat> True Romance. That's one of my favorite movies, and he did that. And that one also has a distinctive sound. Hmm. I mean, yeah, he's another one we could do a whole podcast on. Oh, for sure. Uh-huh. Exactly. But and, and uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, you had something else to say? No, I was actually going to share my next pick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, 
keeping on the whole idea of, you know, I, I, you know, it's funny how we have all these uh, composers that we're huge fans of. There's one that, uh, that I'm also another huge fan of, uh, and that is the, the great Danny Elfman. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he's another one who also has his own distinct style. Yeah. He's worked on a ton of, of my favorite films. And, and, and when you say, like, oh, you, what's your favorite Danny Elfman, you know, soundtrack? Yeah, we know it's it. Like, hard, you know, because he's got so many great ones. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm going to have to give it to uh, the Nightmare Before Of Christmas. course, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not only is the music and the instrumentation just perfectly, you know, fitting of the, of the film and the style and the characters... <laughs> The lyrics, the singing, the performance, and the dude sings all of Jack's parts. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's amazing, you know. And and you know, I have uh, I have three kids, and each one of them went through a Nightmare Before Christmas phase where they only wanted to watch that and listen to that. And you know, after the hundredth time, it's like, okay, fine, I'll put it on, you know, begrudgingly. <laughs> but within the first few seconds, I'm singing along to every song and and sucked up into it and. Like it's infectious, and I can't, I can't. There's no way to hate it. You know what I mean? Even if I've heard, heard it a hundred times, uh, I still love it. You know, and it's great. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. You know. Yeah. It's been covered. You know. Uh, didn't Evanescence do one of the songs? Yeah, they did. Song. She did. I think Marilyn Manson covered a couple of their songs as well. Yeah, I think he did. This is Halloween. Yeah, that's the one. Warren did some. So. I mean, it, the, that soundtrack has had a huge impact outside of, you know, you know what people would expect. You know, you know, people from all walks of life have loved it and paid tribute to it. Yeah, and rightly so. I think it's amazing. And you, yeah. you see tons of people left and right with uh, memorabilia just from that movie, and yeah, you know for a fact that they love that soundtrack too. Oh yeah, if you love the movie, I mean, it's, it's a given that you love the music because the music is, is, is almost half of the film you know yeah the visuals are great but if it didn't have that music there's no way it would have been as much of a cult classic or favorite or you know as it is you know the music makes that movie mm-hmm. yeah sure. to mention if i'm not mistaken what is it, like 30 years later um or 25 plus that they are considering already working making a part two? Oh, for real oh, really i hadn't I, heard about that i believe i heard some rumors about there i mean i don't know if it's just rumors but <clears throat> I don't know. I believe we can trust somebody like Danny Elfman to take on a project, you know, to bring back Jack Skellington's singing voice and, you know, things like that. But, you know, going back to to that, the impact that The Nightmare Before Christmas has had. See, I'm the type of person, I do love listening to it, but I can only listen to it during the holidays. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I, I can't. I mean, I can't listen to it outside of it because it just throws me off. And I've always had a habit of doing that, that... I can't listen to it outside, but believe me, as soon as like fall weather kicks in, I'm already playing it over and over and over again. And it's like you said, you know, the next generation is here. You know, my daughter's into Jack Skellington, Sally. She loves singing the songs and it's just, I love it. And it's one of the most iconic soundtracks as well. And if I, isn't Danny Elfman associated with the Simpsons? Uh, yeah. yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Wrote the intro. Yeah. I remember, mm-hmm. I mean, we seeing his name appear. Um, I guess he was the original composer, maybe. I'm, I'm trying to find it right now. That's why I'm kind of pausing in between. But I know for a fact I've seen his name and on The Simpsons, but he's also done uh, music for Pee Wee Herman, Beetlejuice, things like that. Mm-hmm. Batman, the original. Edward Scissorhands, Batman. I mean, he did the Batman theme, yeah. which is also iconic uh, in its own right. See, one of the things I did want to mention before I lose it is, you know, when we think of 
um, this cluster of individuals, when you think of Tim Burton, you think of Johnny Depp, you think of these two, you think of Helena Bonham Carter, which all three of them are kind of twisted in the sense. Yeah, they're all kind of like misfits and kind of. They have they, a, yeah. yeah, they have a darkness to them. Yeah, but they it works. Sometimes, <laughs> at times when these three work together, it works. And I guess we never really thought about it, but Danny Elfman is almost always there. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, you know, Pirates. Well, okay, that's not Tim Burton, but uh, <laughs> Willy Wonka or in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I mean, he's always there. So that's that's worth noting that how how you know amazing and how much of an impact this this um, composer has had in the music industry for movies especially. Oh yeah, I mean, even if Tim Burton makes a a, a not as good movie, <laughs> if nothing else, you can count on the the score to be at least fun to listen to. For sure. Danny Elfman never puts out bad music, so I mean, in my eyes, he can, or my with my ears, he can do no wrong. Uh, he's he's earned everything, every all the bit of goodwill that he's got. So uh, the dude's awesome. Um, just a quick fun fact: I just skimmed through like his entire catalog as quickly as I could, and. He actually composed in Nacho Libre. He composed the song to Ramses. Oh, did he really? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I know we how much we love that movie, <laughs> how we always see the song. Yeah. So he composed that Ramses song. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. That is awesome. You see, he just kept, keeps getting cooler and cooler. <laughs> All right, scientists. Uh, what's your next pick here? Oh, this is my next one. I'm actually still enjoying Danny Elfman stuff. Um, <laughs> All right. So we went over Pan's Labyrinth. Okay, so next one is on the other spectrum of movie soundtracks, kind of going back to, it's not a musical, but this is a movie where music is such a cultural impact that it's its own staple apart from the movie. Um, it's one of my favorite movies. This is one of my desert island movies. If you guys um, are familiar with what that means, it's one of the movies that I will take with me to the grave or to a deserted island. So, and it's because of the soundtrack and Matthew McConaughey. He's pretty cool. Oh, uh, I don't know if you guys know where I'm getting at. Yes, and I agree. Yes, it's the soundtrack to Days and Confused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, excuse me. Um, yeah, ever since I discovered Days and Confused, and I don't really know who introduced me to that. Rates, I don't know if you introduced me to that uh, movie. No, I think you introduced me to that one. Oh, okay. I don't know how I, how I came across this movie, but when I saw it, I was like, oh my God, this was one of the greatest things I've ever seen, ever heard. And yeah, so you have um, Alice Cooper. Who do you have? Uh, Zeppelin. Aeros yeah, Zeppelin, Aerosmith, Edgar Winter, uh, things like that. And it just became one of my favorite ones. It's a, it's, the music is ongoing and you know them, you sing along, and it's just cool and trippy. I would yeah, say so. It helps evoke the vibe of that era that the movie takes place in. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I would say it really conveys the, how each character feels during each specific song. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it, it really goes with the flow. Yeah. So this is, this is a soundtrack. I mean, I believe I have all of these songs somewhere in my music archives, <clears throat> but I don't have the soundtrack itself. Um, it's something that I should get. It, I mean, it, it's it's really cool, but I don't have it. One of my favorite tracks on it is uh, "Summer Breeze" by Seals and Crop. Mm -hmm. That's uh, a great I mean, one. I, 
Yeah, you can't go wrong with this soundtrack. Man. Oh, yeah, and I love uh, what's uh, Ted Nugent Strangleholds yeah, on there. Stranglehold. Yeah. Uh, that's a great and, one. And it just brings out, like, how cool the characters are, you know? Even the, even when you think about the the the, the not-so-cool characters, the, the music helps build them up, build their character up, as you mentioned, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's Days and Confused, 1993. It's it's iconic, and I, I think people who watch it today can can still relate to it. I would say so. Yeah, that that one was another great coming of age movie that surprisingly not a lot of people I knew watched growing up. Yeah, but, and I mean, Dill is known that you know this movie also paved the way for people like Matthew McConaughey, even Ben Affleck, um, yeah, yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker, Mila Jovovich. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's a all star cast. Yeah, that was a great film, for sure. It's yeah, sweet. I still like watching that at least once a year in the summertime. Like, it helps kind of, like, kick off with summer. Yeah, it sure does. Especially if you're still in school. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So, I mean, that's that's my pick. So, where are we at? Um, I guess I'm next. I'm going to go along with the uh, the whole... A bit of rock and roll vibe, and I'm gonna see my next one is the Spider-Man soundtrack. Oh, cool! The, okay, which one? The Tobey Maguire, the very first one. Okay. Cool. And man, uh, same with the Daredevil soundtrack for me. Like I grew up listening to this one. It introduced me to a lot of different artists that to this day uh, I still listen to. These songs are still really great to listen to. Like it had the uh, the one I was really obsessed with. I remember as a kid was uh, "Hero" by Chad Kroger. Oh yeah, I was obsessed with that song as a kid. <laughs> and didn't it have the dude from Saliva in it, or was that a different song? Uh, Josie Scott is that the guy you're thinking of? Yeah, that's yeah, that's the one. Him. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. That's and one. Uh, it even had the the song "Bother" by Stone Sour, which introduced me to Stone Sour at the time. I had no idea they even existed. And I was like, wow, this is such a great band. And then I found out, oh, this is the guy from Slipknot. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, this this one was great. And uh, going back a, just a little bit to composers, Danny Elfman made the main title, the main track to this song, to this movie as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm, looking, I'm looking at that. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I'm also looking at uh, Macy Gray featuring yeah. Angie Stone. Amazing was Macy Gray. <laughs> yeah. But that's a pretty good pick. I like it. Some forty one is on there, man. Alien Ant Farm. Yeah, they had some man. They had some good songs on here. Finland. I think one that I really got into, but I never could get into the band as much was um, Invisible Man by Theory of a Dead Man. Okay, I've heard of them. Never really listened to them much. Like I love the song, but I've gone back and listened to the band. I tried to listen to the band a few times, and I'm like, nah, I mean, like, it, it wasn't what I expected. Like, uh, I heard the song, and I'm like, oh, man, this is great. And But sometimes, like, a band doesn't end up sounding the same as one of their hit songs that you first listen to, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's kind of what happened for me. <laughs> you know, and it, I don't think, um, well, one of the things about Theory of a Dead Man, the little did I do know, because I used to like the song called Bad Girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it's a pretty cool track. But when I when I did a little bit of research on them, they are 
they're Canadian and they were signed under Nickelback's label, uh, Chad Kroger's label. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that there's been a couple bands that have shot up with one or two songs and then they quickly, you know, disappeared. Yeah. And Theory of a Dead Man was one of them. Yeah. Uh, there's another band out there that's signed on Nickelback's label. And same thing. They came out with one or two songs. You know, Chad Kruger uh, jumped in on, on a music video, collaborated uh-huh. with them. The band died down as one. I forget their name. But, you know, that's that's the story with Theory of a Dead Man. Yeah, it kind of sucks when a band really has, I guess, what you consider a one-hit wonder. It's kind of sad, but, I mean, it happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's – well, that's my – what was that? That's number three? That's mm-hmm. my – third pick but yeah um let's go ahead and move on arbiter what's uh you got another one oh for sure um well in following with you guys uh a a great collection of songs kind of similar to the idea of uh, days and confused Uh, another really great soundtrack and collection is the one for uh forrest gump yes robert zemeckis yeah, well, the score is, is yeah. yeah, the score is part of it. Well, Robert Zemeckis is the director. Yeah, the guy right. is awesome, right? And he knows how to pick songs for the movies. I mean, you, uh, I think of him and I think of uh, Back to the Future. Obviously. Yeah, that was a great one. You know, that's That was one that I was really considering, like, that, that, that one I would give an honorable mention to. Uh-huh. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the news, I mean, that song is just a great pop song. Yeah. Uh, you know, The Power of Love and, and whatnot. But, and the score is just amazing as well. But anyway... Um, going back to Forrest Gump, I mean, you've got, you know, all these great songs of, of across the eras from like the fifties through the seventies, mm-hmm. you know, you got Leonard Skinner, you got Elvis is on here, Aretha Franklin, you go the mamas and the papas, uh, so many, so many great, you know, all the classics. Songs. Yeah. The temptations are on there and, and they, they don't, they, they kind of fit naturally into the 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 movie you know what i mean they, again they help reflect the era or or the mood that one of the characters is doing or are going through and you take those songs out and it's not as impactful i think yeah and yeah, you yeah can for sure to all the songs separately and it's a great collection yeah <clears throat> and one of the um the composers also the you know forest gump is one of those theme songs that that's if you know you saw it back in the 90s they play that track to you you'll recognize where it comes from and it is um, Alan Silvestri. Yeah. yeah. So he, he alone, um, the composition for the theme song, you know, is really iconic. It still stays with you. I mean, the movie itself was such a cultural, an impact on culture because, you know, those who are familiar with the movie were, you know, spoiler alert, Forrest is a major impact in everything that happens to the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and watching watching this movie as a kid, you know, we're only like, you know, I was drunk to the music because I, you know, I can honestly vouch for rates that this is the music that we grew up on because of our parents. Yeah. You know, sure. we were, they were always playing the oldies. So when this, when Forrest Gump came out, we were like really into because of the music, you know, and then run, Forrest, run, those iconic, you know, phrases or quotes in the movie. It was all just perfect. And going back to the music, you know, one of the bands that automatically stood out for me <clears throat> is Creedence Clearwater Revival. And that's during the, when he, the whole scene where he's in the Vietnam War. And the helicopter yeah. and all that, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's one of the great, greatest albums of all time. And same thing, like you said, you know, director picking, you know, this song, that song to add to the scenes. It's just 
it's it's perfect. You know, you would think it's something that can easily be done, but no, it requires a lot of you know, uh, trial and error. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. So that's a really cool pick. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> that's pretty neat. Um, you were mentioning Alan Silvestri, and, and uh, I just remembered that I believe he did some of the uh, Avengers movies too, or some of the Marvel movies as well. Like I think he did yeah. uh, some of the Captain America films, which I really enjoyed. Uh, orchestral, I mean. And uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. I completely forgot that he did Forrest Gump. Yeah, and it looks like he did uh, Infinity War as well. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he did that one as well. Oh, he did Predator. Oh, man, Predator is a great soundtrack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lilo is stationed at the museum. That's awesome. And, you know, he unfortunately, he his name is not, I mean, at least to me, I prior to this podcast, I had forgotten who he was. <laughs> So that's, I'm glad that we brought his name up and I'm glad that, you know, we mentioned it because now I want to look for more of his music. Yeah. yeah and and uh, you're going to realize how, how vast his discography is and how impactful yeah. he's been. You know, one of those unsung heroes. Everyone knows John Williams and, and mm -hmm. whatnot, but not the late person maybe doesn't know Alan Silvestri, but they have for sure heard and felt his music. So he's definitely, he's got to be up there with the greats. Yeah. He's, he's really into quite a quite a few movies that really that we really enjoyed um if i'm not mistaken he did some of the latest james bond movies didn't he hmm. i don't see them listed here but I, yeah. think, I could be wrong but i think he did those but i know i have a quite a few of his uh, films i mean as far as okay. soundtracks i know i got a few but i cannot recall if he did the 007 ones or not I see John Barry and David Arnold. Okay. Listed as composers. <clears throat> no. I Which are also great pieces as well, right? Yeah, they really are. I'm 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 confusing them then. But yeah, I I know oh. for sure that I do have a lot of his uh well, being a comic book fan, I have a lot of his Marvel works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, his his theme for the Avengers is great. It's 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 right up there with those great oh, superhero yeah. themes. But anyhow, let's move on. <laughs> um, scientists, are you next? Yeah, I'm going to give a, a two for one because it's, I believe, I'm looking at my, at my two lists and I believe it's um, this main artist comes out in both of these films and it was a major impact in the 80s. Now, with those, with those uh, words, I don't know if, Arbiter, you can figure out what two movies I'm, I'm thinking about. I know one for sure. If you know one, then you know the other. All right, what do you think? I'm thinking about the 80s, and this dude was a major impact in 80s um, music and, like, movie soundtracks. Well, I'm thinking uh, it's got to be Top Gun. That's right. That's one of them. That's got to right. be one of them. All right, so who's the other one? Yeah. So Top Gun is my is my other pick for top soundtrack. Um, I need to find the listing. I can only like tell you off the top of my head, but Kenny Loggins, right? Oh yeah, the dude, that dude was the 80s, man. <laughs> yeah. So the other film was actually um, Footloose. Oh yes. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
course. So, I was considering that one too, you know? That, that, that's a great 80s uh, compilation. Yeah. So those are those are my picks. Um, you know, thinking about about the soundtracks, that's uh, that's what stands out the most. I mean, it's music that you, you can jam out to and enjoy. I mean, how, how many times have you had like a like a mix or a station, you know, going on or listening to the music, you know, the radio and Danger Zone comes on and you're driving? Better watch out! You're gonna go faster and faster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Weaving in and out of cars and stuff. And just yeah, by playing. Great. Just by playing the Top Gun soundtrack, you know, if you're driving, you should not be playing that soundtrack. It does make you want to go faster. and Yeah, and then once playing with the boys comes on, another Kenny Loggins classic, you're going to want to stop and play some volleyball yeah. <laughs> with your buddies. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that the song that they were playing? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Playing uh, with the boys. Yeah, I know. I've seen that movie too many times, man. My wife laughs at me that I watch it a lot, but it's it's such a fun movie. It really it really is. And so the other one, the other one mentioned is the Footloose soundtrack, and the same thing. You know, Kenny Loggins is is basically takes lead in the with the title track. It's another fun one, man. It's, I mean, I'm not a dance. I don't dance, but that one's super fun. If there's a song that'll get me to dance, it would have to be that one. Well, doesn't. <laughs> Doesn't um Kevin Bacon's co-star also doesn't dance and then like towards the end of the movie he's like like dancing like crazy. Yeah, Sean Penn's brother, I forget his name. Yeah, Chris, Chris Penn. Penn. Yeah, Chris Penn. Um another yeah, this it has another um Kenny Loggins song. It's like I'm free, Heaven Helps a Man, which is such a cool uh rock song. Is that the one that he's dancing to in that empty uh an empty, uh, what is it? It's like a big warehouse or a big uh-huh. uh, factory. That's the one. Yeah. That's uh, it. Yeah, that's it. I think they made like a little uh, parody of that, I think, on Bob's Burgers or something like that. On, uh, I think it was Family Guy. I think Peter does the whole scene. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Uh, so... interesting, there's an interesting thing. If you guys, if anyone, anyone wants to look this up, someone did uh, a sound mix of that scene where they took all the music out. Right, and it's just the sounds of him grunting and hitting things as he's dancing around and his feet sliding around, and you can see uh, it's a great example of how how important the music is because otherwise he just looks like a crazy person you know, <laughs> without the music in the scene, and it's really funny. How do you find that? I don't know. I'm sure. Sure, it's got to be on YouTube somewhere. You know, footloose scene without music or something. I think I've seen that one. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. He really does look like a crazy person. Yeah, because he's not wearing headphones, and so you assume <laughs> the music's coming maybe from the car, which he drove in on. I'm not sure, but if it's off, there's no music really happening, and uh, yeah, he just looks crazy. But with, that's like most movies, right? There's no... <laughs> I would say yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, so, all right, so that's my pick, guys. Those, that two for one. Man, I feel so left out, because you guys are mentioning these movies, and sadly, I've never seen them. That's crazy. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot of my my music and my movies from you. And we talked about this. I did yesterday. And you're like, I've never seen Top Gun. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, my my uncle had these movies, but I guess most of his movies were not considered ch- child appropriate. So my parents never let me watch any of his movies. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, I, don't know, I guess just growing up, I just never had the chance to watch them. It's kind of interesting. So I kind of almost envy you, but at the same time, I mean, because you get to see them for the first time. I don't yeah. like a lot yeah. of these movies. I don't remember when I first saw them. It feels like 
I've just always known them, you know, like they've just always been a part of my life. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, to get to see, see, and I don't know if a movie like Top Gun or Footloose may be as impactful if you see it as an adult as opposed to seeing it as a kid in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, mm-hmm. when it was closer to when it came out. I don't know. Yeah. Like since I grew up with them, like they're really I- near and dear to my heart. That would be a very I mean, good experiment. Yeah. I mean, I'm not into all the modern music, so I don't see how it could be too much different for me, I guess. That's true. I mean, as far as the music <laughs> goes, but like the sense, you know, the style and, and the way people talk. Yeah, I love yeah. watching those old 80s movies for that. Mm-hmm. Such a yeah, trip. Like they thought well, that was cool or whatever, and, and it's clearly not. But <laughs> whatever. Well, I'll let you guys know when I finally watch these movies. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> um, well, that, that's actually all of my list I do have one little curveball but that's actually all of my list so feel free not to ask me anymore okay um, well I have two more okay so I'm going to go the next one with um, I'm going to say Donnie Darko okay like I can I cannot remember the composer's name to save my life. I just know it's Michael something. But it's it's so different. Like the music is something that I had never heard before. When first time I heard this movie, I'm like, man, this music is so so weird, slightly psychedelic. It it just creates a, a very odd atmosphere, and it's it's really enticing. Like it, it really pulls you in. It it flows with each scene like uh like with a few other uh composers but it just flows in a, such a different way like it's almost very specific to each scene like to okay. exactly what's happening and it's really interesting it says and, the um, composer was michael andrews andrews that's the guy that's true yeah. so yeah he 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 really did a great job with this movie and i honestly can't say any of the movies that he's worked on but this one has got to be one of my favorites for sure. And uh, uh, that's one I got to go back and rewatch. It's been a long time. And it's really trippy, too. Isn't Tears for Fears in that? Uh, isn't they, don't they play one of their songs? Uh, uh, Head Over actually, Heels. Yeah. Uh, uh, and is it Mad World? Yes, yeah, Mad World. Their, their original is on the soundtrack, but also the, the cover, which is written by. I can't remember that guy's name either, <laughs> but it's like a, a very melancholy kind of cover of Mad World. Cool. I remember that from seeing the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't remember much. I remember the movie confused the hell out of me, so I knew that's another reason I got to go back and rewatch it. It really pretty much confused everyone <laughs> that saw it. I think I, uh, I had read somewhere, read some kind of interview saying that uh, uh, what's his name, Seth. Seth Rogen was also in the movie. And I think Whoa. Jake Gyllenhaal and Seth Rogen went up to each other and asked, man, what was this movie about? And both of them were like, I have no idea. <laughs> nice. It's really interesting. But yeah, this is one of my favorite movies and one of my favorite scores for sure. <clears throat> Maybe I'll watch it because I've never seen it. I mean, I know it's one of your favorites and no, I've never seen it. it. You really have to pay attention to what's going on. And I would say watch the director's cut. Because explains it explains a lot more of what's going on. Oh, see, I'll have to look at that one. Yeah, I think I only saw the regular one. If you see the the regular, you you will get lost. 
it, uh, it has to do with time travel and yeah it's, it's all over the place but um yeah um i guess we can move on from here uh arbor do you have another one yeah i can i can give another one more, one from more recent uh times as far as a, a, a perfect collection okay uh, i'd have to go with uh, guardians of the galaxy the awesome mix oh yeah that one completely slipped my mind yeah that's a good one yeah, yeah i mean because all those songs are great already on their own. And they're, they're, and I'm going to all admit there's some that I hadn't really listened to in a long time until I heard the soundtrack. Like, I forgot about them, you know. Mm-hmm. And then there's others that uh, have just always been, you know, great. You know, like Cherry Bomb, it's just always been a great song. You know, the Jackson 5, right? But mm-hmm. uh, Fooled Around and Fell in Love, that wasn't one that I was really familiar with. Uh, I'm Not in Love. I mean, of course, David Bowie and Moon Age Daydream is a, yeah. is, is a great one. Hooked mm-hmm. on a Feeling, you know, and there's so many great ones that uh, Ain't No Mountain High Enough, you know, mm-hmm. Marvin Gaye. So it's that's Marvin Gaye, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's these songs that you would never expect to be part of a popular film or, an, or a, a, you know, a sci-fi or a comic book movie. And yet they fit so perfectly. And uh, James Gunn, you know, love him or hate him, despite recent controversies, I think the guy's a genius as far as, you know, you know, ensemble casts and directing these films, which were characters and, and stories that nobody really cared about. And they were super unknown. And he's made them, you know, almost modernly iconic. And then mm-hmm. the, and the songs, I think, played a big role in that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great I, I put that soundtrack every now and then with the family on a drive. And it just, it's a, it's a fun, it's like almost like a party soundtrack. So everyone's singing along. It's, it's great. It's a great soundtrack. Yeah, one of the, excuse me. One of the things worth, worth mentioning is how, you know, we talk about how our generation, you know, discovered classical, I mean, oldies music by sitting in the backseat of our parents' cars, you know, and now we have this new generation where everything's digital, everything's online. It's, it's getting harder for, for the next generation to discover these, these oldies that are worth um, learning about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know when you put it onto a, a movie like Guardians of the Galaxy, all of a sudden you have children singing along to "Hooked on a Feeling," to "Spirit yeah. in the Sky," uh, mm-hmm. the Jackson Five, which they'll be singing and they don't know that that was Michael Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I mean, I I believe what as far as what's being done with this, you know, incorporating this music with these these films, you know, it is allowing the new generation to ask, "Hey, who's that guy singing Ain't No Mountain High Enough?" Yeah. You know, because the last time we had that song, I don't know if you guys remember, was in the early 2000s with uh, Remember the Titans. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's right. So mm-hmm. when, when we had that song and that movie was like such a big impact, we were all singing it. Guys were singing oh, yeah. it to each other. You know, <laughs> they wanted to recreate the scenes and it, it was awesome. Yeah. And it's just a great song. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, inspires kids. And people who aren't familiar with that music to explore those artists and find some of their other other songs, you know, and, and hopefully enjoy them. Mm-hmm. I would say so. I mean, well. I, I really do think this will bring, I guess, classic music, what you would call, to the ears of this modern age. I mean, yeah. the, it has to. It has There's to. No it definitely needs to. Yeah. Um, man, that's a great one. That one completely slipped my mind. <laughs> but uh, 
I guess let's move on. Uh, scientist, you said you were done, I guess. Yeah, I am officially out for the soundtracks, but I'll weigh in on, on whatever you have. All right, I just have one more. And uh, this is another Hans Zimmer composition, and it's called Interstellar. Uh, wait a minute. I think that was on my honorable mentions. Hey, I do have it, Interstellar. And yes. Man, the, the, the movie alone, I... I honestly believe it would have no impact, little to no impact without this composition. I and agree. The, there are a ton of scenes in this movie that are silent and they work around atmosphere. But without without his music, it, it wouldn't bring that atmosphere to life. I, I really don't think so. And, and it is just such a great composition. It, it was really great. I <clears throat> I love watching this film um, because every time I watch it, I learn something new, and it's it's just like amazing to think that it could theoretically be possible. But whatever. Mm-hmm. What I will say about the music is I really don't know how to describe it other than it just fits the entire movie so well. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not music you jam out to. It's not music you hum along to because I don't even know what the hell it sounds like right now. But I. <laughs> I do know that it's extremely well composed and it fits the movie perfectly. Yeah. So I think the the part that really stood out to me was when he was in in the fourth dimension. I don't know if you can even recall, but he's in the fourth dimension trying to talk to his daughter when she was a child. Mm-hmm. And well, he's behind like the bookshelves or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And man, the music in that scene just just really just really takes it home. I believe that's when it gets really intense, right? Yeah, yeah. Emotionally, I mean, that's pretty much almost like the climax of the movie. And yeah, Matthew McConaughey really is that, that good of yeah. an actor that he has that impact. Yeah, and the music really, really helps. Yeah, it does. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, those are my picks. Uh, Arbiter, do you have anything else? Yeah, I'll give one more, and I'll give okay. a shout-out, uh, a couple shout-outs, I mean, I mentioned James Gunn. He's great at yeah. the compilations. I think one of the other masters of it uh, is Quentin Tarantino. Right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yes. One of his soundtracks is is also a blast to listen to. And he digs up these great B-sides and, and other well-known songs and kind of puts them all together. I mean, Kill Bill. I mean, of course, you got Pulp Fiction, which like re-energized you know, um, mm-hmm. Dick Dale's classic song. Um, yeah. A bunch of others. But as much as I love those guys, I'm going to give it to another one of my favorite directors who I think is also great at creating a great uh, collection of songs, and that's Edgar Wright. Um, I've been a fan of his ever since Shaun of the Dead. Of course, Hot Fuzz is another great one. But his most recent outing with uh, Baby Driver, I think, uh, was an, a really uh, unique use of the soundtrack because, I mean, if you've, if you've seen the movie, then hopefully you've noticed that the action and 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 like what you see on screen is I mean, like rhythmically timed to whatever piece of music they're listening to. Well, if I'm if I'm correct, the that character he chooses a song for specific moments, doesn't he? Exactly. Yeah. Like whenever he's gonna do a heist. Yeah. Uh, he's a, yeah. basically like the getaway driver, and so there's a scene where there's like some false starts, and he he he's like, "Hey, wait a minute! I need to set this song to the yeah. right exact moment, <laughs> so then I can do my thing." And I could relate to that, you know what I mean? I do the same thing. I do chores or whatever. I got to have the right song to help me get through it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I do also, uh, unfortunately, suffer from the tinnitus that he's got. Maybe not as intense as he has, 
but I know the feeling of constantly having music in my ears just to get through the day and yeah and the songs themselves you know they just they're like another character um or, or I'm really an extension of the character of baby you know and you kind of you, it helps you see the world through his eyes or with his ears I guess for lack of a better uh explanation and it's just fun you know and it's it's one of those like another one of those movies that I don't think could exist without those songs and that music and it's, it fits perfectly no that's a good one yeah, I've actually never seen <clears throat> Baby Driver, but I do remember you mentioning about what it was about and how music is an important factor in in watching it. So I'm going to be sure to look out for it. I highly recommend it. I mean, of course, this was maybe one of the last roles filmed by Kevin Spacey. And of course, I mean, if you're up to date with controversy for, for you know, Hollywood, he he's one of the the, you know, the guilty parties and, you know, which is unfortunate uh, for the film because I feel like it casts like maybe a negative shadow over it. But, you know, aside from that, uh, the film itself is a lot of fun and Edgar Wright's directing style is unique and energetic and just so much fun that if you can overlook that, I think you could really enjoy the, you could really enjoy the film and the music because uh, it's a blast. I mean, the whole cast is great and the music is, is, is awesome and perfect for it. So I highly recommend yeah, that was That was a good film. I didn't. I enjoyed it. Sounds That's good. Great action. All right, scientist. You got anything else? I'm good. I'm good. I guess the only thing I want to mention earlier that I had a little bit of a curveball before we close this session out. Okay. Now you know we've been talking about soundtracks. We've been talking about movie soundtracks and the impact that they've had. But yeah. there's one category that that I think we really should mention. I'm pretty sure for our generation, our age gap, we will all agree on this one. But before I, I mention it. Have we considered the top soundtracks in video games? Oh, no, I hadn't. No. Because <laughs> there is, there's always been one soundtrack that comes to mind. And all I got to say is the console it's on, and I know you guys will know what it is, what I'm talking about. Okay, are you ready? I'm nervous. Bring We're it talking on. about the top soundtracks of a video game, and I'm going to give you the console. And that console is PlayStation 1. Tony Hawk? Yeah, <laughs> I would say so, yeah. <laughs> Pro Skater One. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I was uh, thinking about these uh, these choices, these categories, and all this stuff, right? So, you know, going back to our early gaming days when we had the PS One, that one soundtrack, man, you always wanted to be playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One because of the soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think uh, recalling back. To playing it, I think even at your house, scientist, growing up, yeah. um, I think I would just roam the streets doing nothing just to listen to the soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> um, and it was almost always just uh, just one song. I what was the name of it? It's called Gold, uh, Superman by Goldfinger. Uh huh. And you would Classic. like what I what I would do, and this was a feature in the game that you can go to settings, skip every single song. So that when it was your turn to skate again, you would skate to the your song choice. <laughs> so it was always Superman, and it was. I mean, I'm not sure if I can legally play it, but it's. Uh, I'll give you like five seconds of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's like. I mean, yeah, just the intro. Still is like synonymous with skating. Yeah. yeah. You can almost hear the, the sound of the, the wheels <laughs> rolling on the floor. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. So that was that was my pick. I don't know if you guys have ever thought about, you know, video game soundtracks, but that's that's one of the most iconic ones that I can think of. You know what? Yeah, I have actually. And uh, well, I mean, uh, now that you you opened up a whole other Pandora's box here, man. I mean, all the Guitar Hero <laughs> soundtracks are amazing because they're all guitar centered. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like all of those are great. And I think those also did a really great job of uh, introducing people to music. Maybe they might not have heard otherwise. I mean, it helped um, Dragon Force, you know, rate, you know, rise in popularity just because their song was on there. It exposed it people like... to Buckethead. So I was grateful for that. Nice. Um, one of my earliest favorite childhood soundtracks, and this is even earlier than the PlayStation 1. This is way back on the Nintendo. Um, okay. I think one of the best soundtracks, and there's there's quite a few. One of the best ones for me is is definitely uh, Mega Man Two. Um, okay. Back to that is yeah, like, yeah. even in the eight bit versions, those songs are great, super memorable and melodic, and they're basically like little mini rock songs uh, in the eight bit style. And and I have listened to it every now and again, you know, just for nostalgic, but the reasons, but also just because it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's a great. It's a great. And you know, there's all these great covers on YouTube of people modernizing them and using actual instruments, and they sound even better you know what i mean like it's it's one of those uh, great soundtracks for uh, even also just an amazing game the game is great i mean yeah. i could talk for hours on those things too so so yeah that'll have to be another episode i guess and you're absolutely right i mean i think i think we can actually dedicate an entire podcast to the influence that guitar hero has had on on everybody as gamers as musicians as listeners and, and oh yeah for sure that, yeah that alone would be awesome but you know, in, in contrast to what you're saying, a lot of music has actually been transformed into 8-bit music. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking about Africa Africa by Toto. Yeah. You know, the other day I was um, just searching random things on YouTube and I came across eight bit, an 8-bit version of that song. And it sounds really cool. I mean, cool. yeah, if somebody has the time to do it, I mean, that's so cool. I mean, I listened to it. I really enjoyed it. And hopefully, you know, you guys should check it out. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. It's pretty good, you know. So that's all I got. Yeah, Man. Um, I mean, obviously we can go on and on. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of even more other soundtracks that I want to talk about, but we want to we want to go ahead and ke- keep this one, uh, cut, you know, get it done because otherwise we'll just keep going and going. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we could talk for hours about influences of all these great video games, all these great movies. But, yeah, uh, outside of the podcast, that is what we do. So we yeah, just got it. Really is. We just narrow yeah. it down to about an hour. Yeah. And uh, so, one last thing for any listener out there, if you've got any ideas or or disagree or, or agree or, or feel like we left any out, I mean, feel free to hit us up on our social media so that way we can hear your voice and we'll definitely discuss it in, in future episodes. And and you know, we really, really, really want to hear your feedback. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we would love input. We want to hear from you guys. Uh, that's how we're going to keep growing with the help of you guys. Mm-hmm. So, uh, scientists, you got anything else to add? I'm good, man. Just let our, our listeners know that they can hit us up at all social media outlets and music outlets. We are on Spotify, iTunes, Facebook, Twitter. Follow us, like us, comments, um, weigh in, share music. I mean, this, like you said, man, this our success depends on the the involvements um, of these people. So. And by all means, weigh in. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So there it is, folks. Uh, we will catch you next time on the Skeptics Review Podcast for 
the scientist and arbiter. I'm Rachel, and we'll see you guys next time. All right, then. All right. Later, guys.